Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. Have you ever thought about all of the questions you may have about breast augmentation, surgery, or breast reduction, lifting, and uh, other breast techniques? Well, if you have questions today, we have answers with Dr. Whitney Florin, a cosmetic surgeon who practices at Inland Cosmetic Surgery in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Dr. Florin is a cosmetic surgeon and expert in breast procedures, and today we're going to discuss her approach to the most popular of all cosmetic surgeries, which is breast augmentation. Dr. Florin, welcome to Aesthetic Insider. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I know we have so many things to go over, and, and as I had mentioned, um, cosmetic breast surgery is one of the most cosmetic surgeries, and I know we have lots of listeners who are really interested to learn more and ask questions, but before we get started, you know, I would love for our listeners who are not familiar with you, Dr. Florin, for you to kind of give us a little background about you and where you practice. Yes, I, I would be happy to share that. Um, I grew up in Southern California, and I did my medical training at Columbia University in New York. Um, and then I further specialized in cosmetic surgery. I did a cosmetic surgery fellowship, which is a one-on-one training, and I did that with Dr. Hayavi at Inland Cosmetic Surgery. Um, and breast surgery, like you said, is the most common cosmetic surgery that is performed um, you know, nationwide, and it's the most common procedure that we perform in our practice. So I had experience with hundreds of surgeries in my fellowship, um, and now in practice, it's still one of the most common procedures that I perform. Now, I understand that you're a third-generation physician, so um, medicine runs in your family, I would presume. Yes, absolutely. My dad is a neurologist, and my grandfather was a uh, family practice physician, and many other uncles and and cousins that are doctors as well. That's great. That's great. So, yes, a very good medical background in addition to all your excellent (laughs) training and and expertise and and additional, you know, postgraduate training. Um, Let's talk a little bit about inland cosmetic surgery, because I, I do understand it is recognized as a lead in cosmetic surgery practice and offers many procedures. If you can kind of just fill our listeners in a little bit more about inland cosmetic surgery, that would be great. Absolutely. Um, Inland Cosmetic Surgery is located in Rancho Cucamonga. We have a state-of-the-art surgical facility in our practice um, where we are accredited in the same manner that a hospital is accredited. We perform uh, the full spectrum of cosmetic surgery ranging from face to breast to body. We also have um, a really beautiful medical spa where we have customized um, skin care needs uh, ranging from Botox and filler to facials and microneedling. We have three cosmetic surgeons in our practice, um, and so I'm sure that that any patient could come to our practice and, and find a surgeon that would be the right fit for them. That's great. That's great. Well, let's just talk about, you know, um, about breast procedures. Um, and as we mentioned, why do you, why do you think cosmetic um breast surgery has continued to be the number one procedure for so long? You know, I think that breast can be a very defining feminine feature for a woman. I think many women desire to have 
whether it be fuller and larger breasts or improved shape to their breasts. And also, you know, the breasts are very commonly affected from pregnancy, breastfeeding, weight gain, weight loss. And, you know, so that part of the body sort of shows all the things that, as women, the things that we go through. Um, so whether it be loss of volume, stretch marks, loose skin, sagging skin, you know, these are all very common um, common things that happen to women's breasts after having babies. And many women desire simply to have their breasts look the way they did before babies. And, you know, some women are desiring even fuller or larger breasts than they ever had before having babies. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> so how how do you um you know, when a patient comes to you or when would when do you feel a patient would you know, when is the right time I guess for the, a person to decide that they need some help from a cosmetic surgeon such as yourself? Good question. You know, we, we see young women that have not had any children, but their whole life has de- have desired larger breasts, and that's something that they've been thinking about for years. And so at age 22, 25, they may feel very ready to undergo breast augmentation. We also see women that are coming to us after having children. Um, in those situations, I recommend that women wait about three to six months after they finished breastfeeding um, to to have their surgery. So they could come in before then um, and get information and come up with a plan for the surgery and choose a date for their surgery. And for patients that have undergone a lot of weight loss, I recommend the same amount of time, you know, about six months after they've achieved their goal weight in order to really have predictable results. And then for patients who, you know, have decided, yes, I'm you know, definitely going to go ahead, I'm going to have a breast procedure and you know, feel they've waited the adequate time, um, how would you recommend that a, a patient go about finding the right surgeon? That's a good question. And I think some of the most important factors in finding a surgeon is finding somebody who is well-educated, who's had adequate experience in the procedure that you are seeking. So important questions to ask your surgeon is, you know, what schools and medical training they underwent, their residencies, if they pursued any fellowships in cosmetic surgery, and then to find out what their experience is. How many of these cases have they done? How many years have they been practicing surgery? Um, And something that I think is so important is to look at before and after photos um, with your doctor of their patients. Because I do think that Surgeons may have a style in which they do a surgery, a particular trend in the style or size of their um, breast augmentations. And I really do think that patients can find a surgeon whose most of their results are something that is appealing to that particular patient. Now, as we mentioned, you know, breast augmentation is, is kind of the number one. Can we talk a little bit more about what that means um, in terms of you know, the procedure itself, the types of implants available, um, you know, what is your best approach um, to helping a patient seeking a breast augmentation? 
Absolutely. So the two main distinctions are whether the implants are placed over or under the muscle. In our practice, we almost always place implants under the muscle. That's called submuscular. And there are many benefits of placing implants under the muscle. In general, the implants look a lot nicer, much more natural with fuller cleavage. The implant is less obvious, less chance of rippling or seeing the edge of the implant. Also, the implant tends to last longer, meaning less chance of getting a hole in your implant, which is called deflation or rupture. And lastly, there's less of a chance of capsular contracture, and that's a complication that can happen after breast implants, and that's hard scar tissue that forms around the implant and can make the breast hard or painful. For that reason, we almost always place implants under the muscle. The next main decision is, are you using saline or silicone implants? And, you know, that's something that we get into in detail with patients when they come in for a consult. But in general, saline implants are filled with salt water. The nice thing about saline implants is if you get a hole in your implant, you will know it. It's going to leak out saline saline water, which is no risk to you. And at some point, you're going to realize that your implant has gotten smaller or is deflated. Uh, And with saline implants, we can fill them to different sizes. So that gives us a lot of leeway in the operating room. Silicone implants, on the other hand, are filled with a silicone gel. Some people find that silicone implants are a little more squishy, softer, more natural feeling. There's less chance of seeing a silicone implant in a patient that is very thin or a bodybuilder, for example. Uh, But the main thing is, is if a silicone implant has a hole in it and is leaking, you won't know it in the same way that a saline implant will tell you that it's leaking. And for that reason, the FDA does recommend MRIs to monitor silicone implants after you have them placed. So that recommendation is every few years after your implant Uh, after your surgery that you would get an MRI to make sure your silicone implant doesn't have a hole in it. Um, And lastly, there's the decision of your incision, how that implant is going to be placed. That really depends on a person and their anatomy, but the most common incisions would be a small incision hidden under the fold of the breast. That is my favorite incision uh, for breast augmentation. There's also an incision hidden around the areola, We can place saline implants in through a belly button incision, and that is a unique way to put in implants, and we do offer that at Inland Cosmetic Surgery. And lastly, there is an incision in the armpit, hidden in the armpit. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard um, in recent years so much about the belly button incision, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I guess for some patients that is an option and and a preferred choice. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So now in terms of, um, you know, for a patient coming in for breast augmentation, what kind of questions should they be asking their surgeon beyond what we've just discussed? And and can you kind of explain the procedure, how it works, what, what a patient can expect in terms of, you know, surgical time, recovery, um, back to work, you know, that type of thing? Absolutely. So those are all very important questions that a patient should ask their surgeon. You know, where is the surgery going to take place? And the follow-ups after the surgeries as well as the recovery. So typically for breast augmentation, I recommend that patients take about a week off of work and about a week of no driving. Um, They cannot... 
There is no heavy lifting for about three weeks after surgery, so nothing over 30 pounds. And about six weeks after surgery, patients can resume their normal activities. So any workouts that they like to do, whether it be weights, running, high impact, people can get back to that six weeks after surgery. Um, and then the other important question is, how often do you need to see your doctor? Um, we typically see our patients the day after surgery, a week after surgery, around six weeks after surgery, and we have a few more appointments scheduled throughout the year. That's great. That's great. And then, you know, in terms of um, size of implants, like you were saying, you know, some patients, you know, they've kind of thought about having implants because they're small, they have small breasts or then other patients have had you know, breasts that have changed due to, you know, weight gain or pregnancy. Um, how how do you help a patient make a choice of an implant that is, is really best suited? Because I, I think many patients, they want the most natural look <clears throat> possible. I mean, we do have some people who do want larger breasts and they're okay with it looking like they had a breast augmentation, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but for many, it's like, you know, they don't really want to look like they've had a procedure. They just want to look completely natural. Right. You know, size preference is so personal. Um, and, you know, that's what I always tell patients. I think that's the thing that patients worry the most about. You know, I don't want to be too big. I don't want to look too fake. Or, well, I'm afraid I'm going to go too small. I don't want to wish that I went bigger. You know, these are very common things I hear at almost every single consult that I have with patients. Um and I really try to reassure people and let people know, you know, whatever size you choose is going to be the right size for you because it is so personal. Um, what we do is we do sizing exercises during our consultation. We have um, sizers that the patients will place inside a sports bra. Um, and we try on different sizes and try to find a range that they're comfortable with. We don't ask patients to commit to their size then and there, and we instruct patients to make some sizers at home so they can continue to play around with different sizes and pick what they feel most comfortable with. Um, but I really tell people, you know, just pick what you think is proportional to your body, what gives you the silhouette and profile that you're looking for, and I will let you know if you're choosing something too big or too small. Um, and, you know, sometimes people do do want an implant that exceeds their anatomy, that is going to go beyond their natural breast width or that is going to stretch their skin too much. Um, and in those situations, I advise them to pick something smaller. Um, and they could always choose a larger implant for another surgery, but it's safer to um, not try to max out um, on your implants and go beyond what your body can handle. Um, so, you know, those are the really important points with, with picking sizing. I have seen um, some patients do really want a very natural size, and for a lot of patients that are athletes um, or very petite women, you know, they're tending to choose smaller implants, and that's because they are proportional to their body. I have many patients that are marathon runners and weightlifters, and they want implants that um, – are just going to fill out their shape a little, give them a more feminine outline, but nothing that is going to get in the way of their lifestyle. 
And on the other hand, I do have women that are looking for a very full size and, you know, are not concerned with looking, quote, natural. You know, they're looking for a larger breast augmentation. And I work with all sorts of women. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of what I, you know, I expected to hear, and, and that's what makes perfect sense. I do find mm-hmm. quite interesting, though, the, the athletic body, you know, because, um, you know, you, you, I would imagine, too, with, with people, athletes with extreme sports, there's also a lot of fat loss, which I would imagine is also breast tissue loss as well. Um, and so for them to have the choice of having just an implant that just fills out them out a little bit but doesn't make them look too too fake is uh, is a really great idea. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, because like you, exactly like you said, women lose fat, they lose um, volume in their breasts, and for many women, they're just looking for a little bit of a more feminine shape. You know, I, I had someone the other day who said, I just want to be able to fill out my sports bra, you know, mm-hmm. and that was that was all she wanted, and she was very athletic, and, you know, we selected a, a modest size that was just going to fit her frame. That's great. That's great. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you yourself or, or any of the surgeons at Inland um, Cosmetic Surgery do breast reduction or breast lifting? Yes, um, all three of us perform breast reductions and all three of us perform breast lifts. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that. You know, we can perform breast lifts with or without implants. And what a breast lift is doing is it's really rearranging the breast tissue. So this is for somebody whose breast tissue has stretched out. Um, where the nipple itself, the areola may be stretched out, and it's low on the breast. So the breast tissue is sort of sitting low, the areola is sitting low. You know, a breast lift is going to rearrange where the breast tissue sits and where the nipple sits on the breast. And some women have enough volume to their breast their skin has not been stretched out a lot, and just doing a breast lift alone will look very nice. And in those situations, it's not going to change the size of their breasts. It's merely going to change the shape of their breasts. Now, some women want a breast lift to improve the shape of their breasts. They also want implants to improve the volume. Or they may have lost so much volume that doing a lift alone still isn't um, quite the full treatment because they're still going to have loose skin. And, you know, I explained that the implant is sort of going to fill out that envelope and fill out that stretched skin. Um, So that's sort of the basics on breast lifts. Um, We also all perform breast reductions, and with a breast reduction, you are doing a lift as well. So it's the same incisions, you're rearranging tissue, you're making the areola smaller and lifting it, but the main difference is now you're removing breast tissue, so you're reducing the size of the breast. Um, And we have a lot of patients that their breasts are just too large and heavy for them. It may cause shoulder pain, neck pain, back pain. For many women, it gets in the way of them being active, gets in the way of running um, and high-impact sports. And, you know, for some patients, they truly hate the size of their breasts and are just looking forward to having them be um, smaller and more manageable for them. It's interesting, isn't it, because you kind of run the whole gamut of, you know, mm-hmm. patients who want larger breasts, patients who want smaller breasts, um, and mm-hmm. thankfully you can you can accommodate and help meet everyone's um, surgical goals, which is really good. 
Yeah, the the other day I was doing a breast reduction and I was marking the patient before surgery and she said, gosh, I, I can't believe that, that women, you know, come in wanting their breasts bigger. I can't believe that women come in for implants, <laughs> you know, and I, I kind of laughed with her and I said, well, yeah, you know, you've lived your whole life with large, heavy breasts that have gotten in the way of your life and there are women that have no breasts, you know, who have been longing for to have breasts their whole life. So, yeah, it, it really is a spectrum you know yeah yeah that's great that's great and then in terms of um, recovery for the reduction and lifting is it similar to a breast augmentation is that a little bit more time or, or how does that all work a good question the recovery is quite similar in that I still recommend just a week off work, a week of no driving, and three weeks of no heavy lifting. Um, in six weeks, they can get back to their usual routine. However, it's more incisions, and that requires a little more care um, in terms of follow-ups with me. So I'm seeing that patient more frequently. I'm seeing the patient once a week for about three to four weeks, and that's so I can keep a close eye on, on the incisions and on how she is healing. Um, and we have some, um, you know, special things that we use to help with healing. We place all of our sutures under the skin so they dissolve on their own, um, and we really take our time in the operating room so that patients can scar as nicely as possible. Um, we have a scar cream that will give our patients a few weeks after the surgery, um, but otherwise, you know, pain-wise, it's not any more painful when you're talking about a lift or a reduction. Um, it just requires a little bit more follow-up with us initially. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then let me ask you, um, and this is, you know, uh, my male male doctors might not enjoy this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> do, you, do you feel as a female surgeon that give, kind of gives you an edge, um, with female patients requiring breast procedures, I mean, do you do you feel you have a different perspective or a better perspective, or, or how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, I I hear a lot from patients that they just feel relieved that I'm a woman. Um, you know, they feel more comfortable with me examining them and taking measurements of their breasts, knowing that I'm a woman and I have breasts too. And, you know, their their concerns about being too big or too small or the weight of their implants, these are all things that I can relate to. You know, um, I'm I'm very athletic and I love running and so you know I can I can really relate to a woman and her recovery. Um also, you know, all of these unique and very special things that we go through as women, being pregnant, breastfeeding, all these changes that uh we go through, you know, is something that I can relate to as well. Um so I I think those are the main things that come into play with being a woman and obviously there are excellent male surgeons that do amazing jobs job with breast surgery. Um, so I think the main thing is just that a patient find who they feel comfortable with, whether that person is a man or a woman. That's a great question because I would agree with you. Is is you know there are many male surgeons who are just breast augmentation is their primary procedure and they're very mm-hmm. good at what they do. And then I do agree mm-hmm. that, you know, you can kind of maybe uh, make a woman feel more comfortable because she knows you've been through similar lifestyle and life changes that she has too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you know, we have we have about seven minutes left on the show, and um, I have loads of questions. <laughs> but obviously I want to try and, you know, make sure that I ask 
the most important ones. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and one question that I, I do really want to ask you is just about, um, you know, what tips do you have for, for patients ma- to maintain their great results? Mm. You know, Very is, good is question. Special? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I mentioned, you know, our suturing techniques. I, th- I think that that's one of the most important factors in how people heal. Another is adequate nutrition. I recommend all patients be on a multivitamin before their surgery, maintain a high-protein diet after surgery. Um, the other thing is avoiding the sun. So for a year after surgery, incisions are very sensitive to the sun. So I recommend a, st- a strong sunscreen applied directly on the incisions. Even though they'll be covered with a bathing suit, the sun does go through bathing suits and um, can make incisions darker or redder. Um, and something very important is maintaining good support to your implants really for life. And by good support, I mean a good supportive bra. Um, I think there is a misconception that you can get implants and you, quote, don't need to wear a bra anymore. And I explain to patients, you know, you're going to have very nice fullness and very nice cleavage without wearing a bra. That's the beauty of implants. However, you want to mostly be in a bra. Of course, it's fine to be without a bra for certain outfits, certain dresses, but I tell patients most of the time during the day, you want to be in a supportive bra. When you're working out, especially high-impact cardio, you want to be in very supportive sports bras so that you're not bouncing too much. And even at night, you know, be in a light bra or a light bralette, um, especially for lift and implant cases. And that's to support your incisions and to support your skin. Otherwise, over time, the weight of implants will stretch out the skin. And, you know, your appearance after your surgery is not something that will be maintained for life without wearing good support. Yeah. And I think, too, the understanding that, you know, the body sags. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it does naturally, <laughs> and that will continue with or without mm-hmm. a procedure, you know. So, yeah, that makes sense. Now, mm-hmm. I do know that, you know, one thing that we didn't touch on is is I understand you have kind of a special, unique way of suturing, which really kind of is helping with that post-procedural, you know, health and, and wellness and continued maintenance of the breast. Can we just chat about that for a moment? Sure. Um, One of the most important things with suturing, I think, is just a careful, meticulous technique in the operating room. Um, And I've seen all of our surgeons operate, and I can tell you that we are all perfectionists in the operating room. We use multiple layers of dissolvable sutures. That means they're going to dissolve on their own. We do not need to remove your sutures. We never use staples on the skin because those will leave marks on the skin. Um, So, you know, those techniques along with careful planning, careful marking before your surgery, choosing an appropriate size implant for the patient, um, all of those things will really maximize the results and minimize scarring, which is something that I think all women worry about, um, you know, having scars on their breasts, and it's something I completely understand. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, and then, you know, lastly, um, you know, breast augmentation and, and reduction and lift, you know, but a breast procedure really can be life-improving in how a woman feels about herself. Um, what are the changes that you have seen in your patients, you know, when you do follow-up after a procedure? Yeah, you know, I love doing surgery, but something that I love just as much as 
continuing to follow my patients after their surgery. And we really get to know each other and, and people will share stories with me. But, you know, what I love is just seeing patients beaming from the inside out, you know, seeing how much more comfortable they feel about themselves, whether it's doing a reduction and now they feel smaller and lighter. People are asking them if they've lost weight. They're able to do workouts that they were never able to do before and wear clothes that they couldn't fit into before, or whether it's somebody who just has always wanted larger breasts. And now she finally fills out her bathing suits and fills out her clothes and feels more comfortable with her body. Um, And, you know, I see such a change in moms. And, you know, it's so wonderful to be able to give women um, their pre-baby body back, give them their confidence back. You know, moms go through so much bringing life into this world. And, you know, I, I love to make a mom feel sexy again. And I, I'll see it. You know, I can see that change when people come in with their partners and husbands. And, um, you know, I can see how much more confident she feels. And, and that really, um, I think, affects every every part of a relationship, not only with her partner, but with other people in her life as well. Mm-hmm. Probably the relationship with herself as well, like you said. You know, mm. she, she exudes more confidence after a procedure mm-hmm. so. That's yeah, wonderful. that's the most important relationship of all, I think, uh, yeah. is the one with ourselves. <laughs> yes, yeah, I I would absolutely agree with that one, too. Well, you know, we have about a minute left, you know, and I know our audience would really, you know, want to be able to connect with you in land cosmetic surgery. So what's the best way for listeners to reach you, Dr. Florin? So you can call our office at 909-987-0899, and over the phone um, you can get a lot of information ranging from price estimates, recovery, and you can book a consult with me or another surgeon in our practice. Um, Also our website, www.inlandcosmetic.com. You can also find us on Instagram. You can really keep up with us on a day-to-day basis and see our surgeries that we are performing. And that Instagram is inlandcosmeticsurgery. And my personal Instagram is Dr. Whitney Florin, and that's Dr. Whitney Florin. And again, you can see day-to-day photos in the surgeries. Um, it's a great way to stay on top of what we're doing. Dr. Whitney Florin, thank you so much for being on Aesthetic Insider Radio. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'd love to have you back on again at some time in the future. Thank you. It was a pleasure for me as well. Absolutely. Well, have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.